When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aaron Hogan, Rod Baber, Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. Super Bowl 58 is in the books. The Kansas City Chiefs are your champions once again, back-to-back, third time in five years for Patrick Mahomes, another MVP for Mahomes who threw for 333 yards and two touchdowns, the second of which a game winner in overtime to uh, Miko Hardeman. Same play as last year. Yes. Same play versus the Eagles. It was corn dog. Same Andy play. Reed said it. He said, if we ran corn dog, we just put some extra mustard and extra <laughs> ketchup on it. But he yeah. said it was the same, same concept, the motion man, and the, the 49ers lost him. I don't understand how it happened again. They lost him in motion. They tried to pass. They were trying to bump the coverage once again. Uh, say once again, but the Eagles, they were bumping that coverage too. But in the midst of them bumping it, they blew the coverage because they allowed him, once they bumped it, they assumed I'm going to pass off this receiver in coverage, so I'll pass him off to the next defender. Well, instead of him actually continuing to, to, to cross the formation to be passed off to a defender, he came back to his original spot, and there was, there was, there was no solution. There was no built-in fail-safe within the defense to catch that, yep. and which is weird because you would have thought, based on last year's Super Bowl and how they scored off Corndog, there would at least been a fail-safe within the defensive coverage to catch the Corndog, and they didn't. Corndog was wide open again. Wide open again, and uh, Man. You know, at the end of the day, their ability to score that red zone touchdown versus the 49ers' inability to score touchdowns yep. in the red zone, really the difference in the football game. There's no doubt. Um, and that, between that and special teams, really the, the cost, because it felt like for two and a half quarters, you know, the Niners were in control of the game. But as you said, Rod, as long as Patrick Mahomes is kept hanging around, uh, you can't let him have the ball last. I mean, you've got to stab this guy through his heart if you're going to beat him. And uh, uh, so far the only quarterback to beat him head-to-head in a big spot like that was uh, Joe Burrow's done it one time. Joe Burrow did it. On one time, on the mm-hmm. way to a Super Bowl. Tom Brady did it. And Tom Brady did it in the last five years. That's it. Everyone else has been vanquished by one Patrick Mahomes. We've been talking about it all morning long. Uh, Rod is back from the big game in the Super Bowl, and you uh, reported the Vegas. I, 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 it kind of sounds like, look, there's only one Vegas, right? And whether it, it is. To have an event like that there, it kind of forever changes the event. Like, like – there's never been a Super Bowl like that because no. the Super Bowl is great and it bounces around and it's been in cool places like Miami and New Orleans. And, but, man, there's only one Vegas. And the way it's yeah, – that's what I said coming back from the NFL draft when it was there. It's just like there's, there's only one place like that and Agreed. to put a big event like that in it just kind of changes the whole event. Uh, no, I'm with you. It felt like that. It did. It felt it felt like a different Super Bowl. And I've been to some games. I've been – Super Bowls in great cities like Houston, Atlanta, Detroit – um, it, it, nothing's built like Vegas to host big events like that. And like I said, all the, 
it, it seemed to me that the execs and the owners and the insiders, they're going to push to have that thing back there in five to six years. For sure. Just, just. I mean, you can, I mean, every star. Well, and the, the stadium's world. amazing. I know. Oh, Elysian it's, Stadium it's, is amazing. Is it? It's great. It is fantastic. Oh, it is fantastic. It is. Yes, it is. I will admit, it is one of the finest, like, sporting, like, uh, venues I've ever been to. Wow. It is fantastic. Wow, I mean it's and wireless like your phone. You ain't to worry about your phone. Like don't even worry about like whether you're gonna signal and all that. Everybody had a signal in a big event like that. Usually you gonna have signal no issues. No phone. Oh man, can't it's, tweet. No, no, I, you get a tweet all damn day. Full bars. They had they had Verizon folks in there, just like helping people out randomly. <laughs> no, they real. They were just like Verizon wow. people that were hanging out, and they literally they, they were there just to make sure your phone and stuff was working all right. They were like, "Are you good?" You got our bars? You got your bars? Good. Oh, man. So did, you, was, did you partake oh, in any of the festivities? Like, did you go to Radio Row or, or like, the convention nah, center? No, you didn't do any nah, of that? No, 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 man. We was inside of stuff. We, that was, that's outside of <laughs> stuff. Rob was, Rob that's was, outside Rob, of Rob stuff. Rob was inside the road, yeah, baby. Yeah, man. I, 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 was, I was hanging out with, uh, with some big wigs, man. Uh, and like I said, they didn't know who I was. Uh, but I got a chance to get behind the, behind the velvet you rope. You said the Wynn Hotel was the place. The, Wynn, the Wynn was the spot. Uh, and I didn't know that either. But apparently, because the owner, he, he renovates that hotel and, like, the rooms, like, every four years or so. The, yeah. So the billionaires love them. Can you, because uh, the billionaires love staying there because the rooms are always really new. But that's where I saw probably the most NFL celebrities. I, I mean, we went to an event there because Sims was staying there. Chris Yeah, uh, went, went to an event there. And I will say at one point in that event, there were like six NFL owners that I could identify. Between uh, your hell, Jerry Jones walked through with his security detail. He's one of the only owners who just had security with him the whole time. He had four of them just hanging out with him the whole time. Uh, Tampa Bay's owner uh, was in there. I mean, it was it was pretty. It was pretty. It was a star-studded event. I, mean, I was, was about like, to ask if you can name drop some people, but there you go. Well, no, but yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I was more star-studded about the ownership. There were stars in there. I mean, that was that was some celebrities walking around like Justin Bieber and stuff like that, but. Uh, to me, I, I'm, I'm there for the for the game. So being next to a billionaire these days, <laughs> to me, awesome. yeah, you're right. Well, Actually, it means more to me than being next to Justin Bieber. I was trying to make my way to the billionaire. I want a conversation with him rather than a conversation with Bieber. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I know that the uh, the Taylor Swift side of this has been beaten to death, but at the same time, you can't. Yeah, they were staying at the they were at the win. You can't you can't even yeah. estimate where everybody like how, stays. I mean, to, to, every star in the world was at this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, like literally, if yeah. you're a star, you were there. Yep. Because, hey, it's Vegas, and everybody wants to be in Vegas in the first place. And then the game's right there across from the Strip. I mean, it just kind of changes it. I mean, and, you know, I for, think you're right. Think of the pop culture with, um, I mean, for, just for, for the, I mean, I, I just know what our, all you can do is anecdotal at your own Super Bowl party. We had about 30 people here. But, I mean, the kids are into it because there's Taylor Swift, and look, there's Blake Lively, and there's whoever this Ice Spice person is, and then there's Landon Delray there. <laughs> I mean, this whole, this whole booth, this whole booth are star people that all the kids know, right? It it's is. like, yep. this is, and that's every, that's every suite. Mm-hmm. In every suite, there's, oh, there's Lady Gaga. Oh, there's this person. Oh, there, there's this person. I mean, it's just it, that, that it, it takes it from the event that it was. Like if you have it in Atlanta or you have it in Houston, it's one thing. Yep. But having it in Vegas just takes it to this whole new level. And obviously to have the star and Patrick Mahomes, to have Travis Kelsey blow up in the second half, uh, the Niners and their opportunities, a uh, heck of a game. Um, it was a great game. I mean, and to get overtime, and obviously with the new overtime rules and all the uh, the controversy or conversation that surrounds that, did Kyle Shanahan do the right thing? It's just um, you know, very memorable Super Bowl, obviously. I mean, the last two, 
but to have it in Vegas and you being there, that was that's really cool. Uh, really yeah, no, cool. I'm with you. I think you're. I think you're right. I think they'll they'll push to have it back there. Uh, five years or so. I don't know who's what. What city? What NFL city is building a new stadium? Do we know? Buffalo. That, that's, that's Jacksonville's really cool. about oh. to. Okay. Buffalo will never get. Ugh. Oh yeah, Shaq Khan was there. <laughs> Shaq Khan was in the room too. Yeah, he was in there. Shaka Khan. Yeah, he was in there. Owner of the Jacksonville Jags. Yeah, he was in there. Um, but yeah, so usually you you're guaranteed to get a Super Bowl. But I don't know if they can do it. Can't you do it in Buffalo. Buffalo. Hell no. If they had built a roof on it, maybe. <laughs> no, you can't do it in Buffalo no, in February. Are you kidding me? No way. No, yeah. nobody would go. Now they had it in Detroit the one year. But Detroit is the dude. Ugh. Detroit's Motor City still. That's Motown. Yeah, I know. But and it still has it has an indoor stadium. It's an indoor stadium. But the, like the fans didn't, the media didn't really want to go There's to that. Still place. infrastructure <laughs> in the city to handle it. There's no infrastructure in, in Buffalo no, no, to handle that kind of uh, that no. kind of population. Correct. No, no. And, but yeah, I mean the, 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 the league has told you if you build a new stadium, we'll bring the Super Bowl to you. But I don't know if Buffalo is going to earn that. No. They had, and remember they had it in uh, after they built the stadium in New Jersey for the Giants and the Jets, right? MetLife Stadium. And that makes sense too. Yeah. And if you remember, that was Denver, Seattle. And, and a blizzard blew in the next day. That was a bad one. Like the blizzard, a blizzard literally blew in the next day. Yeah. Like they beat the blizzard by 12 hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Super Bowl. Uh, so, I mean, they got very lucky. Because can you imagine a Super Bowl with all the stars and feeling in, in like halftime shows in a blizzard? Yeah. I mean, come on, man. You're right. Yeah. You can't do that. I mean, you, you can't. Just keep it in it. Vegas. You know what? That may be, that may be, they, that's, maybe that's when they bring it back. Is when whenever Buffalo's supposed to get it, like, nah, this is actually going to take it to Vegas again. Yeah. For that one. <laughs> oh, man, what a now, game. I didn't realize Ice Spice is as popular as she is. Like, she was hanging out with Taylor Swift all night. That's her bud. That's her, that's well, her BFF. I, I got to play this. Since, I got to play this. Hang on. Ice? Who the hell is Ice Spice? This song? <laughs> you don't know Ice Spice? Like, da na 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 munch You've heard the song. Go ahead, play She's it below you me. on the charts. Well, I, okay, I like it. We want to end off with a little... Thank you, Ice Spice. Ice Spice. <laughs> Even Donald Who's Trump that, knows Matt? Ice Spice. Was that Trump? Trump? That was that Trump? Trump. They asked him about wow. Ice Spice, and he, I mean, he didn't know who she was. But still, I, did, I didn't wild. know who she was until Taylor Taylor Swift introduced me. Uh, really, you didn't know anything didn't about know Ice Spice? Spice? No, she's come across my timeline a few times. I'm I don't to, jam Ice Spice. So I don't. I'm trying know. to think why I heard of her before. It was re, it was pretty recently. It was during a, somewhere the name Ice Spice was. Oh yeah, up. she's been trending virally trending, lately. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's got a new song, a new album, and that kind of stuff. No, 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 much. Yeah. What? Hey, can we get uh, Rod's first? Can we get Rod's rant of this uh, Monday morning as he's back from Vegas? Leasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, let's talk about, obviously, the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes and his goatness a little bit here. I've been on this uh, kick for a little while, of this opinion for a while, about Patrick Mahomes. Even when he hit early on in his NFL career, before he now started establishing himself as potentially being the future GOAT, he's got a superpower that uh, people aren't aware of. I don't think they're aware of it. And I always say every quarterback, I, I want to know what their X-man ability is, right? What is it that they do as well, if not better, than everybody else? In, in a certain situation, um, certain circumstance, this quarterback uh, becomes the best version of themselves. And for Patrick Mahomes, strangely enough, 
It's when Patrick Mahomes is down double digits. Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback in the history of football when he's down double digits. I've never seen anything like it, actually. And you can even go look at specifically just in the playoffs. As a matter of fact, guys, when you're in the playoffs and you get down double digits, that's supposed to be it. Usually that's, 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 a, that's a pretty – the odds are pretty high. <laughs> There's a pretty good chance. You're playing a playoff team. I mean, in the playoffs, <laughs> qualified for the tournament. You're down double digits in the playoffs. Yes, there's a really good chance that that team is going to come out on top just because they're using that circumstance. They're a quality team. You're a quality team. But they found a way to get up double digits. You know, it could be 10 points, could be 14 points. And you got to battle your way back. And in the midst of battling your way back, still you got to find a way to overcome and, 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 and become victorious. It's just it's tough. It's tough to do that. When, I, when you go look at the all-time greats, Tom Brady is the all-time great, but go look at some of the other all-time great quarterbacks and go look at their record. In the playoffs, down double digits. I'll give you Drew Brees, 1-8. Guy's a Hall of Famer. Get him down double digits in the playoffs and see where he gets you. One and eight. Aaron Rodgers down double digits in the playoffs. Some people say I have one of the greatest resumes in the history of the NFL for a quarterback. He's two and six when he's down double digits in the playoffs. What about Joe Montana? Joe Montana, he was the GOAT before the GOAT. Two and six down double digits in the playoffs. Brett Favre, gunslinger. He's down double digits. You know he's going to throw it all over the damn place. One and seven when he's down double digits in the playoffs. Peyton Manning, two and seven. Guys, when you're down double digits in the playoffs, it's usually all she wrote. Tom Brady, the GOAT, five and eight, which is amazing. Losing record, but still amazing that he's got a five and eight record when he's down double digits in the postseason. Patrick Mahomes, and well, let's go talk about the contemporaries too, because by the way, his peers aren't even close to that. You know it too. Josh Allen, he's 0 and 2. Joe Burrow, one and two. Lamar Jackson is one and four in that situation. You're down double digits in the playoffs to a good team. Of course. I mean, you're going to have a losing record. Patrick Mahomes is now five and two. <laughs> Guys, he's been down double digits in every Super Bowl he's played in. Yep. And he's won three of them. Let that sink in for a second. He is five and two in the postseason, win down double digits. We've never seen anything like it. There's never been anything like it in NFL history. That's his X-Man ability. Everything else he's doing, honestly, we've seen it done at some level. We've never seen it all in one package <laughs> like, like uh, Patrick Mahomes is doing right now. But we've seen it done here and there in the NFL. We've never seen an NFL quarterback in the postseason when they are down double digits perform like, like uh, Patrick Mahomes. And I, I remember saying it to everybody at the stadium who was around me. I said, man. Y'all know how good this dude is when he's down double digits because everybody was celebrating. Oh, man, 49ers up by 10. This is good. This is great. Looks like they got control of the game. I said, yeah, this is actually this is, – he, he has you right where he wants you. This is, <laughs> he does this all the time. He, as a matter of fact, he, he hasn't played in a damn Super Bowl where he doesn't have a double-digit deficit. And he's able to fight his way back in three of those four Super Bowls, guys. Let that sink in for a second. Not even Tom Brady was that clutch. Not even Tom Brady had that kind of ability. And it's because, you know, I, I think part of it is his upbringing um, as a quarterback. I do. I think part of it is being, um, being the quarterback at Texas Tech those years. You know, it sounds crazy, but even when you asked him about it, they asked him about his time at Tech before and kind of, you know, what it do for his mentality as a quarterback. 
And he said, I kind of joke around about it sometimes, but I was kind of blessed to be in the Big 12 where you had to go and score. And if you threw an interception, you got the ball back. And you try to score again. I've kind of had that mindset where no matter what happens the last play, just focus on the next play. And he started, you know, he talked about how in the Big, in the Big 12 in his time at Tech, Give Cliff Kingsbury some credit, even though it's, just, it's kind of a backhanded compliment to give him because I don't think he was intentionally trying to terraform the football character of Patrick Mahomes in this way. But, guys, there were eight times over a two-season period where Mahomes would put up like 35 points and lose at Tech. He'd lose. He'd put up 35 points and lose. Four of those losses, he saw his team score 50 points. And lose at Tech <laughs> with Cliff Kingsbury as a quarterback. Scoring 50 and lose. He has this mentality where for some people, a huge double-digit deficit, it's, it's, uh, it's almost hard psychologically, spiritually to overcome. Not for him. Because of his time at Tech, I think he almost, he al- he almost has acclimated and adapted his game to it where double-digit leads are nothing because he had to score so many points. And he would score 50, like I said, and lose, score 35 and lose. So a 10-point deficit for Patrick Mahomes seems, like, small. Seems minuscule, even though it's huge. But this guy was used to being down three touchdowns. And having to come all the way back. He has a different mentality than most. That's just the root of it. But obviously his football character and football DNA, he's, just, he's built different. He is him. But you've never seen a quarterback that performs as well as Patrick Mahomes does when they're down double digits in the playoffs. It's, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to be able to come back down double digits. My man Shadow has been up on this dude. Double digits in the playoffs twice. That's why I started tracking it. Because I was like, this don't happen. I wanted to. I sent it to Shannon. I'm like, don't feel bad. This ain't. Trust me. Nobody else. If you were up uh, up like this on Tom Brady, if you were up like this, double digits on any quarterback, all time great quarterback in the history of the NFL, you would be a Super Bowl champion. It's just him. You're dealing with a different animal. He's different, man. He is different. Let that soak well, I think in. that's uh, very interesting about the formative uh, Texas Tech years because we know Tom Brady was kind of formed. His competitiveness came when he was at Michigan and had to compete for reps with yeah. uh, Drew Henson. Remember mm-hmm. that? With, uh, where Lloyd Carr was, would make him, you know, each, each would play a quarter in the first half and whoever played better got to play the, second, the yeah. second half and start when Drew Henson, the Yankees prospect, was the top quarterback and it was about, you yep. know, you know, recruiting stars and whatnot, yep. and Tom Brady learned to compete on every snap, yep. like every snap. But the was job a, was never his. Yes, the job was never his. who kept that up? Belichick. Belichick did. He kept drafting quarterbacks. Like that as a trait. <laughs> That's right. Kept pushing the pressure. Yeah. Well, to your point of the, of the of tech, I mean, he's just used to being behind, and you just keep playing. Yeah, you he just, just keep playing. He just his, his mind. He, oh no, and that's, that's that's part of him too as a player. But he never grasped that he could lose that game because he always believes he could score. Now that's part of I think, like you said, his development at Tech is that you know they were an offensively centric program. That so were they're always behind. Yeah, so they're all yeah they're all built, yeah they didn't focus on defense or special teams. So they're always like no no we just got to score as many points as we can. That's how we win the game. And it's not about ball control. It's not about complimentary football. And that has helped them. And I want, want, I think Andy Reid, I don't want to fed into it a little bit too. Um, and that's why they're such a great second-half team. Part of it is his mentality. Guys, his 58 uh, winning percentage in games where his team was losing by double digits, basically it's 20 percentage points better than any other quarterback in NFL history, guys. He, he has a 58.3 win percentage in games where his team was losing by double digits at, any, at some point. Well, and to the wow. clip, any is, point. 
the flip side is your guy Shanahan. I mean, because now, because you know Shanahan has now been involved in the two overtime Super Bowls, because the Atlanta New England game was overtime uh, after they blew the twenty-eight three lead that ended up in OT, and Tom Brady hit James White for a touchdown. So now Shanahan's had two heartbreaks in Super Bowls. Uh, and you're right about Mahomes. I mean, what, what, that's that's a great piece of research. I haven't seen that anywhere else. But uh, the greatest clutch quarterback went down in pro football history at 28 years old. It's crazy. Yeah, it's five and two in the playoffs when he's down by double digits. It's, that's insane. <laughs> because you, I mean, you say that, but you're playing playoff teams. So you're playing really good teams. Great teams. You're man. not playing scrubs, right? You're playing really good teams. But they've been the Super Bowl, e. Throw them in the Super Bowl. I know. That's crazy. Uh, and you think Patrick, I mean, you think Andy Reid would always come out with a great game plan. They're not going to be behind. Oh, no. They're nope. always behind. Yeah. They're always behind. They're always behind. Because you're playing another great team, whether it's Philadelphia or uh, or obviously San Francisco twice now. Uh, my friend Mike Craven from Dave Campbell's Texas Football, by the way, Rod, uh, and co-host on the Eyes on Texas podcast that I do, he had a story that dropped yesterday where he went back and talked to his high school football, the, 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 the head coach who uh, beat Patrick Mahomes in high school. In his final high school football game, 65-60 to 60 at White House. Wow. Um, and they also talked to Zach Kidley and Eric Morris to get the – and you can read more about so the – Hold on, you said that was his last game? How was the score? Yeah, he lost his last high school football game, 65-60. That's my point. <laughs> <laughs> this guy – like I said, that was, that was before Tech. There's something about the way that he has been groomed as a quarterback and his, his, uh, the path that he's taken as a quarterback. Like I said, double-digit deficits mean nothing. And they usually mean everything. Don't let him have the ball last. Do not let him have the ball last. It's got to, and that's why I say, you know, it's, it's overly critical. I was overly critical of Josh Allen in the Buffalo game, overly critical of Kyle Shanahan here and Brock Purdy. With, coming out of the two-minute warning, you cannot give him the ball back. You have to win the game there. Whatever, all the work you've put in, all the game planning, Agreed. you have the ball with two minutes yep. and the clock on your side in a tie game. This game has to end with you guys in the end zone or kicking a field goal as the time runs out. I mean, this has really got to be your mindset. I know it's easier said than done, but you just can't let him nope. have the ball. You did, and that, that's why I think the, it was a miscalculation at the end of the game, or sorry, the overtime period, that they probably should have let Mahomes have the ball first, <laughs> and then at least they would have known exactly what they would have needed to win because the mentality for Shannon was, hey, we just want to make sure – because he said we wanted the ball third potentially, right? If they both traded off touchdowns or whatever – then they get the ball third. That was his intention. But that was a that, that mentality kept you in the game. You were thinking about staying in the game to play with Mahomes. You have to be thinking about vanquishing Mahomes. You have to be thinking about putting your the stake in the heart. That and was, he didn't have that mentality. And that was my criticism of Josh Allen. That they had they had a similar yeah. in Buffalo in that divisional playoff game. It was twenty seven twenty four Chiefs, but you had the ball mm-hmm. and the clock. And inside the two-minute warning, that Josh Allen took two deep shots to the end zone instead of controlling the ball, yep. keep it. getting first downs, uh, just keep the clock moving. Even if you have to kick the ball to go to overtime, one thing. But you should, you, your goal should be end up in the end zone to win this game, and Patrick Mahomes never touches the ball. And that's really how every team playing him has to consider it. Exactly right. You just do. And to your point of the, the miscalculation of Shanahan, you know, if you, if you give them the ball and they score a touchdown, well, you're, you're now four-down territory the whole way down the field. Amen, brother. You're not worried about yeah. you know punting or field That's goals, true. and you give Kyle Shanahan four downs. It's going to make you more aggressive. It's right? going to ha- turn you into the aggressor. And, and to the to the Chiefs' point, I mean, Chris Jones uh, admitted after the game that they've been working on this since training camp. That if they had won the toss, they were deferring and they were going to get the ball and go for two when they scored a touchdown because they were trying to win. Yep.
And that, that, that was their game. They, he said they had repped it yep. for two weeks. They were planning to, okay, if the Niners go down and score, great. But if we go down and score, we're going for two. Yep. We're not, they aren't going to get the ball a third time. And they were prepared for that. Yeah. And, and that's, that's great coaching. Give Andy Reid a lot of credit. Like, he was prepared for that particular moment. Yeah. He, w- he, he had his team ready to go, and he already knew it, what, what strategy that he was going to use at the time. And I think Shano was a little surprised by the overtime. I think he was like, oh, okay, oh, because he said I had to go to my analytics guys and ask them, hey, what's the best course of action here, all that kind of stuff. Well, Andy Reid was ready. Yeah. Well, that's uh, – Training that's camp, he was preparing for that moment. That's why they're champions again. That's why they're champions. Third time in five years. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. Good stuff with Rod's rant. Really good stuff with Rod's rant and Patrick Mahomes. We'll come back, um, recap the weekend, the good, the bad, and the ugly from outside the Super Bowl a little bit. We'll have some who said that before the end of the hour. It is Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. All right, coming up uh, next segment, Brock, will be Who Said That. Next. Uh, not this segment, but the next Coach segment, we'll do shizzle. some Who Said That. Uh, some audio from around the landscape and Who Said It. Hey, Rod, uh, we'll get back to the Super Bowl. We'll hear from uh, some sound from Radio Row and from uh, the Super Bowl week lead-up. Rod is back from Las Vegas where he attended the game last night, flew back early this morning, and uh, living, the, living the jet-setter dream oh, like that. Man, it's hey, fun. We'll we'll quick rod outside of it. We mentioned Texas basketball. Both Texas basketball teams won over the weekend. Texas men with their widest performance. I mean, it's one of those games. If you watched on Saturday when they rolled up West Virginia and they were up forty three points at one point, uh, Dylan Dylan DeSue was doing his best Kevin Durant impression. Hit five for five on three pointers in the first half when they blew it open. It was like, okay, that's impressive. But how did you lose to that team in Morgantown? There was that side of it too. Like, how is it? That's the loss that might cripple you down the road here. That you lost to that team in Morgantown. Still don't know how that happened. Yeah. Still don't he beat them by 20-something? Beat them by 30. 30. And they were up 43. I mean, they were – it was – name the score. Uh, West Virginia did not look good. And I know they suffered some injuries since that early – Early, uh, they're a different team, but still, as a team you should have beaten in Morgantown, especially as good as Texas is on the road at this point in the year. They're, they're playing good on the road. Texas women also won. Texas women's softball off to a great start. And how about this, Rod? I mean, we're talking about a stunning headline when it came down. Ohio State has hired UCLA head coach Chip yeah. Kelly to be their new offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. So they said. What's more embarrassing? I mean, UCLA, you just lost your head coach in a Power 5 school that's going to the Big Ten to a team in the Big Ten to be the offensive coordinator. That is stunning. Safe to say Chip Kelly wanted out of UCLA. Yeah, I didn't know he was that desperate, though. I, I mean, because – I believe he was set to make like six point one million. Yes, he had just signed an extension, so he was set to make like six million. I don't know what he's going to make as the new OC at Ohio State. I mean, I think I bet, I bet Jim, it ain't six million. It ain't six million. Jim knows, I believe, makes right under like two million or something like that. Yeah. So maybe he'd make like two and a half million. But you're talking about a three million dollar pay cut. Just to go take an OC he job. He wanted out. We heard his name in Seattle. I, yeah, yeah. I, I Philadelphia. Think, I think the uh, there's there's talk that his basically his athletic director and him got at odds, and that his athletic director at one point was trying to have him oust it, and he and behind the scenes he found out Couldn't about it him. and was able to rally support to get his job and uh, keep his job and get a signed extension. Uh, that to me, it, it, it's got to be something along those lines, because otherwise, what three million dollar pay cut? It's hard for anybody to justify that. 
Well, and let me say, I mean, I know NIL dollars are flying around, but no one's spending them like Ohio State. Consider this. I mean, their rival just won the national championship. So when Michigan beats you for a third straight year and then wins the Natty, Buckeye fans are going to be pissed. Yeah. And so far this offseason, they've added the number one player in the portal, Caleb Downs from uh, the safety from Alabama. Yeah. The number one quarterback in the portal, the Alabama kid that was a five-star. Caleb Downs? Uh, yeah, the, the safety, the, the safety, but the number one quarterback. Oh, okay, I think the there was the freshman quarterback who would come in and okay. roll early that dropped. Yeah. Number one running back in the portal, which mm-hmm. was the kid from Ole Miss. Uh, the signed the number five overall recruiting class, and now have hired a Big Ten coach to be their offensive coordinator. I they're yeah. going after it in Columbus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just shows you that you know every when we talk about the separation of the half and the half knots, it's not necessarily the schools that we all thought they would be. Like, everybody thought UCLA would be a half. It's like, well, well not so, necessarily. And, you know, <laughs> if, if Will Howard, the Kansas State quarterback, turns out to be their quarterback. That's no freaking way. Or is it going to be I – mean, there is a chance that Will Howard's the starting quarterback for if Chip he, Kelly. If he is, then, man, honestly, that might be their – that may be the biggest ish, liability right now they have. If Will Howard goes – I like Will Howard, but we've seen Will Howard. Yeah, he's not He's limited, yeah. Well, Devin Brown's still there, too. He's He'll limited. compete for that job. But if it is Will Howard, Rod, you, you think about this in the transfer portal era. No team will exemplify it. You'll have – go back 12 months. You'll have Alabama starting center from a year ago, mm-hmm. snapping it to K-State's quarterback, handing it to old Mrs. running back in a play called by UCLA's head coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. You're damn right about that. That makes sense. Yeah, that's the new era of college football we're in. And let's also remember that the NIL folks at uh, Ohio State ended up and all of the significant juniors that could have gone to the NFL are coming back. Uh, 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 the the receiver, yeah. the two pass rushers, Sawyer and uh, uh, I can't remember. Like I mean, they, they, all their top guys came back. To to they're they're going. Ohio State's pissed because Michigan has won the national championship. Yeah, <laughs> well, and Ryan Day's got. I mean, he's got to go all in now. This is it for him. I'd also mention that he's Ryan Day played quarterback for Chip Kelly way back in the day at New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. When, Ryan, really? when Chip Kelly was yes, he did. He was a quarterback for Chip Kelly when Chip Kelly was a rising coach at uh, up in the great Northeast. And so that's the relationship. So Ryan Day played for Chip Kelly, now bring him in him to call plays. Yeah, I, it, it speaks volumes. I think number one about Chip Kelly's desperation. I think it says more about Chip Kelly. Oh, 100%. And his situation more so than he it says about out. UCLA athletic department. But, you know, and UCLA, where do you go from here? I got to hire a coach. Like, where do you go from here, though? Because that's, that's an all-time – that's bad optics, right? That's a, you're not going to be able to make a splash higher after that. Because no. now all the big-time names are looking at your program with, with a little side-eye. So I wonder where they're going to go. Remember they just – was that USC that hired their defensive coordinator? I wonder if they'll go back to him. Yeah, they got, they, they're going to be – Some say Tommy Reese also is one of the front-runners who was – remember, he was the OC at Alabama, and now he's in the league as a tight ends coach. I forget with whom. Yeah, I, I think he went out. to uh, right. It's like a, it's New like Orleans, a, maybe. No, yeah, it's, no. It's like, is it Carolina? I forget who it is. I'll figure it out. Well, I will say this: that uh, that's going to be a tough hire because the, the oh, word yeah. on the word is UCLA's broke too. I mean, they're financial dire straits. But they're about to get paid, so they go to the Big Ten. I know. <laughs> about to get a lot of money. Um, and the fall from grace of Chip Kelly needs to be studied in textbooks. Uh, this dude yeah. went from like being in the national championship every year to being a head coach in the NFL now to like taking a coordinator position just to 
get out of his well, current he, situation. Well, he could have been a head coach. He took the he, he, he took the he demotion. Yeah, he he willingly got out of UCLA. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like he was fired, but yeah, but um, also like it's not like it was going great at UCLA either. He just signed know? an extension. Yeah, they just gave him an extension. They just gave him an extension. USC <laughs> just signed one. Like, felt like they were they were moving in a good. I mean, they beat the hell out of USC in the rival game at the end of the year. Won a bowl game, uh, I believe, if memory serves, back in uh, December. So, uh, but yeah, what a shock! Browns tight ends coach Tommy Reese was Tommy Reese. Yeah, he was their Brown. I think he was the Browns tight end coach. Yeah, it's, uh, it's what, a, yeah. what what an era of college football. We played the sound earlier, but uh, for Longhorn fans in college football, uh, Eli Manning did do an interview in Vegas on Radio Row where he confirmed that, um, you know, Arch is happy in Austin, not looking to move, and, and he encouraged him to, do, uh, to keep, uh, keep patient, and he'll end up starting much like he did at uh, Ole Miss. It was, a, it was a really good piece of sound, Rod, from, from Eli, because it was actually everything we've said, we've been hearing behind the scenes, but for his uncle to come out and say, you know, no, he's good. He went to Texas for a reason, and he said something I've said over and over. He knew Quinn Ewers was here. When he, if he wanted to start immediately, there were any number of places he could have gone and played. Yeah. Uh, let's hear. Let's hear this for folks who missed it earlier. But here is Arch. Here is uh, Eli Manning, in an interview uh, when asked about his uh, his famous now nephew. We all know, obviously, Arch Manning. And uh, Sark comes out the other day, and to no surprise, he goes, "Quinn Ewers is is our quarterback." Give me the uncle perspective of that. With the transfer portal, it opens back up in April. Like, do you? What do you advise, kind of Arch, to do? Do you stay patient? Do you enter the transfer portal and go start somewhere else? No. He, he, he picked Texas because that's where he wants to be. That's where he wants to play football. He likes uh, Coach Sarkeesian and his his offense and what they're doing. So that was he, – he knew last year that he was going to go. He's in a red shirt, get some playing time. And, you know, he, obviously I think the plan was yours would maybe go in the NFL. But he's there. It's another year for – for Arch to, to mature, learn the offense, get bigger, stronger in the weight room, uh, and and always be prepared to play. And you never know what's going to happen. And so he's got to be ready. If not, then he you know gets some playing time here and there. And he's got three more years of eligibility at a great school, at a great you know football program on the rise. So I think that was um, you know the fact that you can transfer so easily now doesn't mean you should do it just because you're not playing right away. I you know a lot of quarterbacks when I was. In college, that was always a game plan. It's like you red shirt, you sit a year, you have three years of eligibility. That's what I did uh, at Ole Miss, and I think it helped me. And so I think Arch, I, mean, he, I know he wants to play. He's itching to get in there. But being patient, continue to learn can, can be very helpful as well. So Arch isn't going horns down to, to Texas. He's staying. He's horns up. I mean, you have to ask him, but I, I would not suggest that. I think he's he's definitely staying there. He's having a great time, loving loving the, the program, the school, and, and uh, you know getting better every day. All right, there you go. There's uh, strong words from Uncle Uncle Eli on uh, the state of Arch Manning, and yeah, he likes Austin. No, who doesn't? And but, then, well, unlike a lot of players right now, he's he likes he wants to take his time in college. He wants to slow play, getting rate racing to the NFL, and uh, I think it's good for for the Texas program. If that is all accurate, and I feel have no reason to believe it's not, Rod. I mean, to have Quinn Ewers coming in with 22 starts in the third year when you move into the SEC, and then be able to hand it to a quarterback like Arch Manning who's been able to sit. And, look, as we know, he'll likely play this year. I mean, Quinn Ewers has not stayed healthy any year all the way back to high school. That's true. He's going to play. And so then you're you're handing this off to Arch Manning uh, for potentially two more years or a year uh, into the SEC. So good news for Texas. That's good news for you for Ohio State, too. And, uh, you know, the teams that have loaded up and done the best in the offseason seem to be Ohio State, Ole Miss, Texas, Oregon, Georgia, and Texas are your top five for to start the year, I think. 
Yeah, and um, I think quarterback, obviously, central theme there. If you're not, if you don't have a veteran quarterback coming back, you better be bringing in a veteran quarterback of some kind. Uh, well, that, that's why day, the Will Howard move is big because he's played a lot of football. It's what's weird about I – mean, weird. It's what's odd about college football right now. For a blue blood, there is no excuse to come in with a young quarterback. And an experienced quarterback. Inexperienced roster now. Yeah, you shouldn't really. I mean, that's, that's, that's on you. If you're a coach, you got a lot of inexperience and at key positions. Like That's yeah. on you. Which is, yeah, and Sark said it last week at his news conference on signing day that, you know, if they had just relied on the young guys at receiver and expected them to step up, he said that would be coaching negligence. Now, that's malpractice these days. Yeah, that would be coaching negligence. When you just, actually can't upgrade. Yeah, when you go to get production like Isaiah Bond and Marcus Golden mm-hmm. or Matthew Golden and uh, – um, you know, yeah. the kid from I, from Oregon State. So uh, it is true. All right, come back. Uh, we will then play Who Said Who's That, Rod, uh, into our fabulous fifth hour on this busy Monday after Super Bowl 58. Patrick Mahomes has done it again, and Kyle Shanahan had it done to him again. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Monday on the Horn, hook them up with E and Rod B. It is uh, Who Said That Time in our final segment of the fourth hour of our program, recapping Super Bowl 58 and uh, sound from around the landscape. Rod, do you have some sound for me? Or uh, Yeah, I sent uh, Brock. I can dial up any of, what, on any of those uh, cuts you want to. We can play Who Said That. Let's do it, Brock. All right, it's loading. Give me ones. All right, here we go. Here we go. Computer malfunction. And it's moving slow today. Uh, Super Bowl it's Monday. A Monday. It's Super a Monday. Monday. Super Bowl Monday, man. It's a Monday for electronics. We, we can't too, wait until. Oh, here uh, we, we can't. Here we go. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, no, I mean, we. Yeah, when I mean, when we go through football, like, and you watch it as part of our job. I mean, any play that doesn't work, you always think about that. Um, but in terms of like everything that we try to do, we try to prepare as hard as we can. Um, and we try to go in there and do exactly what we think is right based off our pre- preparation, what's going on in that game, and try to make the – what I can't live with is when I do stuff that I didn't plan on doing or that I didn't do and second-guess myself. And um, I'm proud of what we did today as a coaching staff and as players in terms of we did – we worked and we did everything that we planned on doing. We just didn't get it done. And any play that didn't work out, yeah, you always look at that stuff. But – that's that's how every game is, and that's what we work at. Who said that? Uh, that's Kyle Shanahan. That's your guy, Shano, who's on the losing end of, a, of another Super Bowl as a head coach and also had one as an offensive coordinator. That's tough, man. Uh, yeah, I think it – yeah, I mean, I really don't know what his next step is. I don't know what his next move is going to be because you can't you – know, you, obviously, Brock Purdy is your starting quarterback, but you got to find some way next year to, to compete, come back, but get – better and you have to find a way to where uh, whatever your strategy is you have to alter it somehow uh, you've been up double digits in the playoffs multiple times now against Patrick Mahomes hadn't been able to get it done um, and I, I, I love my boy Shano but he's got to change something and um, I think it's got to come from with him with him I, I either hiring coaches it could be uh, coaching hires he could honestly hire himself a new OC and maybe decide to step back we just watched that from a lot of uh, – from Ryan Day's doing it at the college level. We've seen it at the NFL level. I would suggest he's doing – do something. Change change it up somehow. Because uh, right now, get you to the Super Bowl, but it ain't good enough to win it. 
Yeah. Period. Yeah. And then that they're very talented. That's why they were favored to win the game, all even though we yeah, for two you, weeks. You're about to lose some of that advantage. Yeah, you are. As soon as you play Brock Purdy, which you will after like two years, after next year you're gonna pay him. You're gonna lose all of this salary cap advantage you have that you've been having for a while. Well, and you know what really haunts your your guy Shano is that uh, in 2017, um, the year that Patrick Mahomes was drafted by the Chiefs, the the 49ers had the second pick of the draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have drafted Patrick Mahomes yeah. <laughs> to be the quarterback, and uh, they didn't. And you know, mm-hmm. a lot of teams passed on him because he went 11th overall. But uh, I, I'm sure that haunts Shano a little bit that this is the guy beating us because they, uh, you know, Adam Schefter had the tweet over the weekend that in 2017 they weren't even considering Patrick Mahomes because they were planning on signing Jimmy. Uh, well, no, they were actually planning on. He says they were planning on signing um, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Yeah, he during, likes Kirk Cousins. Well, remember that's first time in Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah. Their their plan was to go after Kirk Cousins in free agency, but that was scuttled when the Patriots offered to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. But still, think about that. That wouldn't have been good enough, Shano. That wouldn't have been good enough. No, you would still be here. Yeah, your Kirk Cousins, your Jimmy Garoppolo experiments, you would still be here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that would have been a, that also would have been flawed logic. <laughs> that wouldn't have been the right move. Yeah. So he's got to go back and go go detailed into. Him really kind of man in the mirror moment and figure out, okay, I, I'm doing something right, but what's my next evolutionary step here as a coach so I don't become the guy who has double-digit leads in the Super Bowl and then just gets beat? Who, like, you got to do something, okay. and I, it's got to be drastic. Well, and I think uh, Kirk problem, Cousins wasn't going to be the and, one. And one of the challenges that uh, Patrick Mahomes presents to the rest of the league is there's 31 teams asking the same question. Like, how do we beat that guy? How do we beat yeah, him? Yeah, the rest of them far away. Yeah. You're right there. You're right there, yeah. You've had double digits leads on them, man. Yeah. You're right there. Right there. Can we uh, <laughs> play who said that? Who said this, Rod? Well, I've only watched Caleb Williams three games last year, three this year. So I'm only halfway done, okay? The one thing that I that is clear, he is not special. He is not something unique like a Patrick Mahomes. And I hope the Bears don't think, well, let's 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 try to – make up for our mistake when we pass up Patrick Mahomes and go get the Patrick Mahomes. The kid is not Patrick Mahomes. Ain't even remotely close to that. It is unfair to Justin Fields. He has had new coordinator, new coordinator, new coordinator. There's no possible way you can know about your guy when you do that. It's the worst thing that can happen to any player, especially a quarterback. Now, when Justin came out, the one thing that I thought he had, he had just inexperience. He just needed more experience. He lacked that. But what I have seen in Justin Fields, from my evaluation, there's enough growth and hope there that I would not lose. I would not let him go because I see enough there. Right. Who is that, Rod? Merrill Hodge. Yeah, Merrill Hodge coming, yeah. he coming hot with the prediction that Caleb Williams not special and the Bears should stick with Justin Fields. Okay, I disagree with Merrill now. <laughs> Who is Merrill, Merrill has- Hodge? Who is that? He's, oh, he's, he's a player. He, I think he's pretty good. He, he, no, he actually has for done a decent job, too. Yeah, he looks he just like job. Bill Murray. I thought that was Bill Murray when I was, like, looking at the video. You think Merrill Haas looks like Bill Murray? In the huh. video that Aaron sent me, he looks just oh, like okay. Bill Murray. Well, that's funny. Well, he was a former fullback for the – running back for the Bears – or for the Steelers. Steelers and yeah. I thought he did a good job. And, look, I mean, it, it's, it's gone viral. I mean, he's famous for predicting accurately Johnny Manziel – that he was going to be, you know, whoever whoever drafts Johnny Manziel, the, the coach will be fired in two years, mm-hmm. and he was right about that. He's been right on some quarterbacks. He actually was right on C.J. Stroud, too. I remember him talking, C.J. Stroud. talking very complimentary to C.J. Stroud before driving, saying this kid is got Special. it. Special. Yeah, yeah he, he, would, he said, because he was asked, you know, how many – you know, first round draft pick quarterbacks do you see? And he said Stroud is one. He's special, and mm-hmm. he didn't think Bryce Young was. 
Yeah. No, right. he, he's been pretty he's more he's been more right than wrong. I'll give him that about yeah. QBs. So, so he's on he he just said I've only watched six games, but I gotta do more, but he's not uh not sold on the Caleb Williams is a transcendent player hype that is out there. And we'll see. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the Bears are on the clock right now, as of the end of the last game. Bears on the clock with the first pick in the draft in April, last weekend of April. Yeah, now those trust me, those quarterbacks going even they're going to they're going to start shooting up the draft board even higher. Even though they probably get you know quarterbacks taken in the first three picks potentially. Any of those other quarterbacks like the Bo Nixes of the world and all those the Michael Penix of the world, their draft stock's going to increase too. Just after watching this game, because everybody understands, I gotta find a quarterback out there who can. Basically, who can up, who can uplift, separate, and elevate my team, and that's what Patrick Mahomes has done. Remember, guys, Patrick Mahomes changed the entire legacy of Andy Reid, and the entire legacy of the Kansas City Chiefs franchise. Guys, oh. neither one were known for being clutch. Couldn't win the big <laughs> or one. Championship oh. caliber. Yeah, well, Andy Reid couldn't in Philadelphia. Couldn't with win Donovan the big McNabb. one. And the Chiefs, I mean, I mean, way back with Hank Stram, they yeah, won Super Bowls. Yeah, exactly. No, modern era, no. Uh-huh, but they were Marty Schottenheimer, can't yeah. win the big one. Alex Marcus Smith, Alex they, Smith. They, they get to the playoffs, but that's it. I Guys. mean, they hadn't won a home playoff game in, in decades <laughs> until Patrick Mahomes came along. Um, you know, it was – I mean, it got better with Alex Smith, but even with Alex Smith and Andy Reid, they couldn't, they couldn't do it home. together. No. They were still two guys that were underachieving. Yep. Now the legacy of the both of those things are so totally – I mean – Guys, Andy Reid might be in the, in the conversation now to be a GOAT. Oh. Like, the greatest coach in the history of the NFL GOAT. Yeah, he's three times the Super Bowl champion. He's been to four. Uh, and more coming. I mean, he's coming back to go three-peat. No one's ever three-peated. Yeah, that was a rumor that he was thinking about hanging it up. No, he's coming back. He wants more With this corn, young though. defense, that defensive coordinator, and that quarterback, I'll yeah, be back. That'd be stupid. I'll be gonna, back. Yeah, you need to. And, and we got some cap space to go get a receiver or two and uh, draft <laughs> one. Yeah, we'll be back. And, and like I said, Patrick Mahomes is so young that and this is what, this is what I love about Brett because they get, this is the total package, guys. You don't get where the, you don't get to dynastic uh, the, the dynastic presence they are they have right now. You don't get to this point in their dynastic timeline or how we don't know how long it's going to last without having the holy trinity. You got to have the quarterback, got to have the head coach, but the GM is easily the most underrated part of this dynasty. Brett, listen, Brett Veach is the one that hounded. Andy Reid hounded him, all right, about Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid had no idea about Patrick Mahomes and didn't want anything to do with Patrick Mahomes. And Brett Veach would send him, would cyber-stalk Andy Reid and send him clips of Patrick Mahomes all throughout the year and say, nah, man, trust me, just keep watching him. Just keep on watching him. He just keeps sending them clips. Just keeps sending them film of Patrick Mahomes. He's like, no, this guy's going to be our future quarterback. Yeah. And then Andy Reid finally – Started to start to go on, you know, on, on side of uh, Brett Veach and say, all right, you know what, this guy might be the real deal. But it was Brett Veach who initially found him. Brett Veach fell in love with Patrick Mahomes. He'll tell you he fell in love with him watching him play in a game where he got blown out by Iowa State. He says it all the time. He says, okay, he was getting blown out. I watched him come out in that game and I watched him fight like hell. Yep. In a game where they were getting blown out, just making play after play. And, you know, I was State's defense at the time with um, John Haycock. I mean, they've always had a good defensive uh, culture there. And they were blowing out Texas Tech. They him persevere as a QB and never give up. And it's going back to what we were talking about earlier about being down double digits and how you got to fight back. But Brett Veach needs to get more credit, guys. Nobody's talking. No, I ain't heard anybody mention his name. 
Yeah. Nobody even well, talks about him. We, I, I, we talked about him a lot, actually, in the 6 o'clock hour uh, this morning because you're right. I mean, the way he's built this secondary and drafted. I talked about his 2022 drafter. He drafted Trent McDuffie. Yeah. Uh, he drafted uh, Legereus Sneed. He drafted Leo Chanel, the linebacker who blocked the extra point last night and made a bunch Lord. of big plays. Yep. And he drafted Isaiah Pacheco. Yes, he all did. In that, all in that two, 2022 draft. Yes. All ballers. They don't get high draft picks. No. So they, how do you keep building his roster the way yeah. they do? All ballers, and that's yeah, you're exactly right, and that's that's the Trinity, right? It really is, and uh, somebody's got to acquire the talent. Uh, Andy Reid coaches it up, and Patrick Mahomes leads delivers. It. Yeah, he leads it. All but. right, we'll we'll come back. Fabulous fifth hour is on tap on this Monday morning, the morning after Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Chiefs win at twenty five twenty two in overtime. Uh, we're recapping it from all angles. Let's hook them up with the Rod B.